even though there's that harm oil of that you're going to feel with losing the relationship, but at peace with the idea of your decision. Yeah. I think that that's where you should be able to check off like this is a, a I can walk away confidently knowing that this is the right decision. Hey y'all, welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. This is part two of my talk with Joy. So if you haven't heard part one, go back and check it out so that you know what the hell is going on. Okay, all right, all right, that's it. Let's get into it. I don't, I don't even think we got to. I don't even know original. where we were. I don't even know where we're at right now because I just, we just went down we just went down the road that we were on. Um, I think it's, it's, I think that is good in the sense of like, this is like almost like the pre-course, the precursor to what we, to the question that we originally asked. <laughs> so it's almost like um, when you're dating, mm-hmm. some of the steps that you can take to know, like, this doesn't even go to a courting level <laughs> without them even telling you to know yeah. this is not someone that you can move forward with. So. Yeah, there's a lot of signs all along the way. But then I, th- I think yeah. like when you're, when you have someone who is willing to do all the things and commit, um, I mean, have you ever felt bored by that? I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about like in your life, like someone who does check the boxes, who is like, yeah, like I am ready to be in a committed relationship and I want to do that with you. Does that ever feel, did that ever feel boring to you? It definitely did. And I definitely think that when you're at that stage and there are some, there are some things going on with you that need to be dealt with. Oh. Um, because if, if it is a no, if this person really, you know, initially you're interested and then they get to a point where you get them fully into you and then you're no longer interested, then you are really never interested in the first place. It was almost either the chase. I think that it was either the chase or there's a part of you that's kind of like insecure that wants to win this person over to um, kind of make yourself feel secure. And that can go on and on and on and on and on and on. So I think that there yeah. needs to be healing within the person. But yeah, I definitely, definitely felt that in certain situations. But I do think that sometimes in your healing, when you look back and that you look at certain people who did finally come around and you're like, oh my gosh, I want him. Or if not him, someone who acted just like him. Mm. And then when you do get that, you'll be secure and happy with it. Like, you'll be like, yes. <laughs> um, so when you do find that happening, because I feel like I felt it, especially when I was younger, over and over and over. And I definitely had daddy issues. <laughs> um, mm. So I think that, yeah, when I got to a place where I was a little bit more 
healthier and whole within myself when I did get that it wasn't so boring it was like yeah oh my god this is what I need mm-hmm. you realize and can recognize and appreciate like this is what you need and there is I think that some in some ways because you've gotten used to that it's almost like a thrill or excitement that you kind of feel when the person is not into you yeah. that when they do and it kind of flattens out that you get bored with but I think that um when you get used to that kind of that kind of excitement it's unhealthy excitement because you're like you're feeling down and like what can I do to get this attention or what can I do to get this person's affection mm-hmm. um, and, and that excites you there's some parts of you that <clears throat> I feel like was is missing so what you do get that feel it's like oh my god n- now what so yeah. then you're just I don't know I can't I, I need kind of like a this will be a whole nother podcast. I know. It's going to be, um, it's going to have to be two parts right now. <laughs> Part two. But yeah, I definitely, I think I've talked to a lot of females that have kind of gone through that, but I do think that it definitely speaks to some healing that needs to take place in people. Because I don't think that there's, there's either one or two things you probably never initially wanted them in the first place or if you did and the excitement has gone out that has gone away because um, you no longer have to vibe for that attention and there's some insecurity issues that um, need to be dealt with. I think so too. I don't think so. I know so too. And I, th- I honestly, I think that there aren't enough people that are telling women this truth. Because there's a lot of talk about all the things that men do wrong. But I'm looking at it like, yes, those things can totally exist. But does any, like, are there enough women who are interested in figuring out, okay, when the nice guy does come along, what is your reaction to him? And how do you treat him? And, like, what, like, what are we, what are we valuing? Like, I mean, I look at, I'm, I don't want to talk about the show Ready to Love, but I watch it. Oh my gosh, yes. Let's talk about it. Are you, how many episodes? I, I watched four episodes. Did you watch, did you watch four or five? Are there no, five? I watch it on like the day that it comes on. I'm, I'm, you watch oh, all I'm the shows it. that I love. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ready to Love, but I, I mean, the first season was the best one, I think, because there's only been two ones. There's only been two, right? There's only the second one. Yeah, I think that there was three, the very first one, because I watched it last year, and then I realized there was one before that. You sound sure, so I need to go look yeah, at it. it. Um, but I, 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 I watched that show... Oh for a couple different reasons. One is just entertaining and I like it. I like the way they do it, honestly, because they don't have a bunch of people fighting on it all the time. Like they show people like actually like getting along. Yeah, they do. Like, you know, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, but like, I mean, when they were in Atlanta, they talked specifically about materialistic 
those aren't they're not qualities, mm-hmm. so I don't really know what to call it. Materialistic things about a person because there's there there are a lot there are so many so many things to do here that you can't that you aren't doing in other places, and it's just I don't know. It's just easy. It's just it can just be very easy to just get involved with things, and it's just distracting. Yeah, it can be. But I also think that when you're a lot of times when you're at that stage, like you know what mindset that you're in. Like when you're in that mind state, like you're you're nine times out of ten meeting people that are in that mind frame as well. Yeah. So I think that is kind of like fair game. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. I think that is at the point where you are. Me, I think that is so. This is the thing. So when you're in that state of mind, I think that it's fair to when you meet someone who wants to have a conversation with you, being upfront with what state of mind that you're in. Um, you know, I think that it gets the lines get blurred with people, just like you said, you're not and especially with okay, so this is a good topic. <laughs> because <laughs> I think that there are people who, you know, may be honest about exactly what they want when they're kind of like doing their own thing, if you want to say. Mm-hmm if you want to say that, and they may be up front with that person, but then their actions are kind of lining up with what the person still kind of wants, like, oh, they took me out to nice restaurants, and they have a nice car, and they look so good, and we have fun, and, you know, but you forgot that they told you this is all they want, and this is all they want to do. So then... You do be like, forgetting. You forget months, that. You yeah, forget. you forget. You do forget. And then a year down, you're like, you want to have this serious conversation? Like, no, we're not having this serious conversation because I already told you from the beginning this is what I want, so it's not... Okay, And the, but, and the girl cannot have... Or I, I always say the girl because I default to, you know, our yeah. perspective, but the, you, you can't have that conversation with that person at that point. Um, the only conversation that you could have is like, okay, I had enough. I'm getting feelings for you. I need to exit this now because I'm going to end up getting my feelings hurt in the end. That's the only conversation that you should have. And if they follow up with no, I really do want to. But at that point, you know, that is on them to make a decision of whether they want to change their mind frame or not. You cannot be upset because they told you from the beginning that is what it was. This is true. And honestly, there's really nothing to add to that because... That's just, that's just, that's accurate. We don't want to believe that people don't want to believe it. Um, exactly. Like, or like, Oh, like maybe if I, and mm, exactly. because the real root yes. of the issue is, okay. That I statement. Think that, Can you say that again? <laughs> maybe if I, it, it was just so, na- it was just so natural for me. I don't, I don't even know. Just roll right off my tongue. Um, <laughs> you know, but you're like, okay. Cause it, it's something that kind of, might be going on in the back of your mind, like, okay, if I just, if I keep doing this, then he will want to. And like, no, yes. no. If we're going to take the women's perspective, women will not, for the most part, admit to being manipulative in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And like, okay, I'm going to use word. this, like, I'm going to use my, maybe it's my sexuality, Maybe it's my, yep. maybe it's my communication. Maybe it's me showing up for you when no one else. Now, oh God. I totally agree though. That it yeah. is the truth. They want to show up in some way that they feel like another girl is not showing exactly. up. And that's and right the back to the competition part, thing. Exactly. Exactly. You're trying to climb yourself up the ladder to yes. make this guy or trying to make him see you 
And that's yes. where we also fall into this whole mind frame of we're not enough mm-hmm. because we're giving literally everything mm-hmm. that we have. We're going to buy clothes or certain shoes, going to get our hair done, nails, mm-hmm. toes, eyelashes, everything um, kind of be funny and fun and outgoing oh, and not sensitive so because you want to, <laughs> yeah, you so, want to, you so. want this guy to like you and yeah. you know you see him out with someone else. You don't want to tell him that their feelings are hurt and that you can be with someone else too or really you want to be with him. And then at the end of the day, he's cool with you being with someone else and him being with someone else but checking in on you and your feelings are hurt. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I was never enough. No, mm-hmm. it's not that you're not enough. It was that he didn't want that from you in the first place. You or anyone else it has nothing to do with you personally. Yeah. So it's sad. But, you know, one, one subject that I wanted to hit on what? was that you had talked about was like the nice guy. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's two... There's like this, there's two ideas of the nice, two ideas of the nice guy. So there's the nice guy that is nice because you can't get anyone because you're probably not attractive, or and I don't even mean just like physically. Probably like the per, maybe your personality is dry. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just you know you're dry. You're, you just dry. dry. <laughs> you just dry. So, you're like what? <laughs> let me. I'll rephrase it, and then you can go on. <laughs> Kind of like it's an overcompensation is what I'm saying. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's exactly what they do. They start to overcompensate in any way that they think that a woman wants their music. Mm -hmm. So they're going to overcall you. It might be a small penis. It might be a small penis. (laughs) You know what? I'm just saying like you, I wanted to, (laughs) you made a list. I'm added to the list. I thought that's what we were doing going back and forth. Okay. Go on. It might be a small penis. I I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. They, they, <laughs> and you're like, they will, do, they will buy your groceries, rub your feet, run your bathwater, pay your Just rent. whatever. Um, Bring the roses. Anything that you need. That is not the type of nice guy that <laughs> anyone, I mean, I'm not going to say anyone because <laughs> that would be interesting if you are attracted to that. But so that is a different category of a nice guy that a lot of women that I know would not be interested it's in. It's over the top. But then there the is top. the nice guy that is like, he could be normal, but for this particular person, he really likes is super nice. And you don't like him because he's super nice. That is where the problem What's comes the difference between the two people you just described? So I think that there is a super nice guy who's not overcompensating he's mm-hmm. just nice and available and likes you and is willing to move his schedule around and be available for you mm-hmm. because he likes you not so the other nice guy is he's doing this for everyone because he wants someone he's, okay 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 i got a very very clear picture of that yeah i got a very clear picture so yeah so it's but at that point so um, say you meet this guy and you're you're attracted to him, and you start to lose attraction because there's no chase. There's not that excitement. Mm-hmm. That goes back that excitement that you want. But he, you, you can't figure out what it is. But you've been so traumatized by these mm. people who have 
literally like drained you yes. of um Lord knows you basically buying for their attention when you literally don't have anything um to get those emotions riled up and you're thinking like, Oh my gosh, these emotions you know, we we um end up comparing butterflies to that type of drama. Mm-hmm. And so when we get someone mm-hmm. who doesn't stir up those types of emotions, it's like, well, maybe I don't like him as much. Yeah. No, it's because you have been traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> Dead ass. Okay. And it's really, um, if we want to get more specific, a trauma bond. Okay. Because a trauma bond. Yes. Forms yes. like when you're having these uh, like it's in, like an adult attachment issue where you yes. attach to another you're an adult you attach to another adult and for example they suddenly leave that looks like in mm-hmm. modern terms we're talking about ghosting or someone says mm-hmm. oh like I don't want to do this anymore and you never see them again and they block you on Instagram and mm-hmm. whatever else you might be on and um, that's what that looks like like in like today today. Right. Like that's a trauma mm-hmm. bonds can form in those ways where you form these intense attachments to someone. And when we when we form it, that kind of attachment as adults and we're in these romantic relationships, we naturally project maybe a week ahead, mm-hmm. a year ahead, six months ahead. You're naturally thinking, what would life be like with this person tomorrow? And you actually mm-hmm. end up with an expectation that they will be there tomorrow and they will be there next week and they will be there six months from now. And then when that doesn't play out in that way, for whatever reason, because that's a whole different conversation, but if whatever, like this, the, the projection doesn't play out, now we have a gap where we poured all these things into, but there was no actual manifestation of any of those things. And that can create huge anxiety. For some people, you can literally have Mm -hmm. symptoms of PTSD, more specifically called Mm -hmm. complex PTSD, which can form from these attachment issues that you have in adulthood. Okay. So that's, that's that part of it. Um, So, Okay, you better break it down. Okay, I just had to break it down just a little bit there because you're exactly right in that we get like this this attack. We not only become attached to the person, but we become attached to the feeling, and like we get attached mm-hmm. to it, the, that adrenaline and the dopamine mm-hmm. that we get yes. like, when we get a hit of that person. Um, that's very real. So it's not necessarily about the person, but it's about the physiological biological yes. reaction, reaction that we're having to yes. that person, which makes us feel like yes. I need more of that person when really the truth is, and I know my therapist had told me this, it took me like a year. It took me a year to actually like realize this in my life to say, okay, excitement isn't bad. It's about the fact that you're attaching excitement to a romantic mm-hmm. partner and paranoia and anxiety and dread instead of being excited about the fact that someone remembers an important date, excited about yes. the fact that someone shows up on time and they keep doing it over and over and over. And again. they keep doing it. Yeah. Yes. And that can That's- be just as exciting if you let it. But when we don't, when we don't allow us to even allow ourselves to even recognize that as something that could be fun or good, then you won't. Mm-hmm. Then you won't. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do how do you think that you begin to kind of uh, 
in a sense, like open up those pathways in your brain to redirect yeah. those type of feelings and attach it to, um, you know, you've been, just like you said, it's those, our brain has basically kind of turned these excitement brain pathways mm-hmm. and attached it to these negative feelings of excitement, if you mm-hmm. want to say. Yeah. How do you end up, how do you redirect that? To like, oh my gosh, this person, remember, this person's on time, this person yeah. calls me every day. How do you do that? And even if we want to go a little bit deeper, it's mm-hmm. also like an abusive relationship. Like yeah. once you, you know, get hit or, um, you know, the whatever scenario takes place where you're getting abused and then mm-hmm. you guys end up coming back to the, like you're kind of, your adrenaline is going like, oh my gosh, I'm, you're upset that you got hit and then mm-hmm. that the, you're kind of sad because you think that you want to leave this person mm-hmm. and you're all, you know, there's this whole drama, dramatization based off, yeah. off of the situation of abuse, but then you end up coming back together Think off of the basis of, oh, my gosh, I almost lost this person. Yes. We got to yeah. do whatever to, to make it work. So you kind of get attached to that whole up and down, up and down, the up cy- and down. The cycle itself. It yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's why people end up, you know, they attract people that in those two types of situations, you end up um, attracting other people that abuse you because, um, because of that pattern. So my question is how do you break that cycle in the sense of when well, you do meet someone who doesn't have those um, same abusive patterns, how do you get used to this person yeah. of a normal think, relationship and stay excited in that? I think you have to take time away. Like, because you can't... I, okay, I'm not going to say can't. So if you are trying to disrupt that pattern of addictive, mm-hmm. like... addiction to like addiction to the cycle of those ups and downs. It would be very difficult to do that while you are still engaged physically and or emotionally with either that person or a potential other partner, any, Mm -hmm. any partner. So a detox. So a detox, the, the perspective that I got on the way that my mind worked was I, I would pay thousands of dollars for someone to have injected me with Oh, yeah, it's me, Taylor. I'm here without joy for just a second. Look, I hear from people all the time that want me to help them to change their mind, that want to separate from toxic patterns of the past. But listen, and you can't change your mind unless you understand what's in it. You got to know a little bit about how your mind works. And that is a big part of my relationship detox program. You can't just say that you want your mind to be different, that you want to think positive thoughts, but you don't even understand how your thoughts work now. So let's get to it. If you want to work with me one-on-one in the 10-week program, the Relationship Detox, the link for the free 20-minute call so that I can answer any questions that you have and you can see, I can see if you're a good fit for the program. That link is in the show notes, so check that out. All right, y'all, back to it. So what I basically hear you saying, it basically comes down to your mind frame and willpower. So I think that, yeah. you know, as therapist, period, I think that it all always ends up boiling down to that anyway. Yeah. Like if you come into therapy with your mind frame of you want to change and you want um, to see a different outcome, 
recognizing your triggers, which is, I feel like it sounds like was the biggest, biggest thing that helped you not to fall back prey to, um, old patterns that you were avoiding. Um, and basically willpower. And I think with the help of, you, you sound like you had gotten to a point where you, you were kind of not wanting to fall back into those patterns before you went to your therapist, but you understanding what was making you fall prey to that helped you not to, um, or probably gain more willpower of not wanting to fall back into those patterns. Yeah, I think I think that's a good summary. I, like if, if, if we all can just understand that, we're not just like floating in the wind. Like these th- things, yeah, things we have very rarely are just happening. Like they're not just happening. Right. Like they're, it's a, they're predictable results and consequences of decisive actions. So the thing is that most people aren't taking the time to figure out, Oh, how did my actions have an effect on where I ended up? It's more about like panicking about where you ended up. Instead of thinking, okay, if I if I stop panicking for a second and I think about what the fuck did I do to get here, um, we have a lot more power and control about where. Yeah, we end up. but I'll, with that, with with the panic comes this sense of also feeling you have no control over it, and I think that you know people come oh or seek help in the sense of in these crisis moments like oh my gosh I need help and how did I get here mm-hmm. and feeling so powerless that um, they don't realize that it ultimately is up to them and they do have the power to um, overcome it. and it's them who you know we help therapists help you get to that point but I think that that they, we have to empower our clients to let them know. Or we, I don't even want to say our clients. We have to be empowered in any situation that we want to overcome to know that you're right. We, we, we it's not out of our control, basically. Yeah. Um. So I like that. I think that that can go for any situ, any and all situations. Yeah. I think a lot of the things. That's kind of, I don't know, you know, like in therapy, that's the truth for, there's like everything, things are really very simple. I'm not saying that it's not difficult, but I am saying that like a lot of truths and like things that just make your life easier and better and put you in those power positions are are very, very simple, simple, simple things. It's not these complex puzzles. We've made it complex because- we fuck things up as people, but um, like the truth <laughs> because is, we lose our power. Yeah, and we lose our power because of the way that we think. We literally yeah. think that it's we, way we are think. subject to our situation, and there's no way out. There's a lot of anxiety surrounding this because it's so important for us. Like relationships are so important to people. And so, mm-hmm. but when you're, when you feel like you don't have power, relationships become mm-hmm. very scary because it's mm-hmm. so important and you also feel out of control. 
And mm-hmm. when you feel out of control with something that means so much to you, it's only natural to feel right. like incredible anxiety about it. But the truth is, is that you do have power over it. Right. You know, you're not just like being tossed around just because you're bad or because you're not worth it or anything like that. It's not that at all. And I think that there's even power in uh, having these conversations. Like you can empower other people to know that it's, it is not just them, yeah. that this is, you know, going on with lots of women and mm-hmm. for us. I don't even want to, I hate to just say women. I know, so do I, but just for the sake of clarity, we're just sticking with that. Yeah, (laughs) but with lots of individuals and that we, you know, having these conversations helps, you know, oh, I'm not the only one dealing with this and I should do this or that to be able to control what I am letting in my, in or not wedding in my life right so like it, it's not reserved for like a special group of people like we're a whole right. therapist and like made dumb decisions i think so many people and i know you know this too like so many women can come to you and you know that they feel like there's something wrong with them or like that mm-hmm. or i'm sure that you might pick up that they assume that you don't have to deal with the same things or you haven't or like you must not you're, you're so confident or you or would appear to be so um, mm-hmm. when the reality is that like no everybody get caught up in this bullshit right. like everybody right. is doing the right. same dumb shit and men have their own dumb shit it's just it looks different and the language is different surrounding it but insecurities definitely exist um and they also have to go through like their own their own thing these are just more like specifically inclined to women's shit and how you wish to be a testimony to it it happens to everyone yeah (laughs) everyone but um i definitely agree that there there is for some people there there's this idea that oh this doesn't happen for a certain type of women or you know, but it happens to everyone. And I think that normalizing these types of conversations does help bring um, or help give everyone a perspective of, okay, this can happen to them. Then yeah, I need to start doing something about my life. And you can be totally fine. Like if I took everything that I did, all of the bad decisions that I made with people I've been with, because dating would honestly be like an over overstatement for some of these people. If I if I took all of the situations that I've been in seriously, like or like internalized them as like something about me, I would never mm-hmm. come out the dumps because there's been so much bullshit like along the way, um, mm-hmm. and so many decisions that I could have made differently. But when you can like make that separation, I think therapy helps so much with that. When like. Okay, you can, or and, and again, like conversations like this, because you can look at it as a situation that is outside of you. Like, isn't just, it's not just a Taylor problem. It's not just a joy problem. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a, uni- it's mm-hmm. a global universal issue. Um, mm-hmm. And when you can like bring it out of yourself, it, it becomes something you can actually do something about instead of something that is you, that because you just exist. But when the problem exists outside of you, you can manage it and you can, you can yes. handle it the way that you okay. want um, what is one thing? We'll wrap this. This is gonna be a two. It's gonna have to be two parts. Um, 
Um, what? It, I'm going to have to split this into two parts, probably. Um, but <laughs> I want to ask you this last question. Where and how and what, however you want to answer this, how does anyone, so it could be man or woman, like how does a person reclaim power over their decisions besides just going to therapy? Like what's something that you would tell someone to do? I think that it is um, pretty simple in the sense of it's simple as far as dating it. But I think that it's hard as far as making a choice in the decision and following through. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, you definitely need to, for me personally, I would probably write down what I do want. I think that there are situations where, you know, you could be in a relationship that you really, really, really do want. And this person could be good at talking themselves into making you stay in the relationship um, without you being fulfilled for whatever that reason is of, of mm. maybe wanting a commitment, maybe wanting to get married. Mm. So I think that you knowing exactly, you know, stating what it is that you want out of the relationship and recognizing that you're not getting that out of the relationship, um, having the conversation with the person and coming to terms with it's okay um, if the conversation doesn't go the way that you want it to want it mm -hmm. to go and moving forward mm -hmm. and literally letting go wow. without, you know, with, I don't want to say with, I want to say letting go without blame or bitterness mm -hmm. because that's, I mean, I think that it's really hard. Sometimes you blame them. Sometimes you may blame yourself. But ultimately, I think with any relationship, there is risk. If you get into another relationship, there's a risk. The yeah. person could tell you that they do have the same goals as you. And then down the line, you know, it doesn't end up working out yeah. for whatever reason. So I think that um, recognizing with any relationship, there's a risk. So you took the risk with this person. You see that you're not getting out of it what you need, having the conversation and being okay with letting it go um, and being confident with your decision. Yeah. I think that, you know, um, mm. maybe talking it through with whoever you confide in, whether it's the therapist, your parents, God, whoever it is that you feel like you need to talk through your reason, mm -hmm. but being confident of why you are letting this relationship go. Yeah. Um, and knowing that you've done what you can to save it without compromising yourself before you make that decision. And then once you do let it go, um, I think it, if it's supposed to be, you know, it, it will, if not, then you should be okay with, you know, whether relationship, what happened in the relationship, because. You can't, there's just no way to control the outcome of a relationship, unfortunately. So I think that, you know, making whatever um, moves that you have to make to be happy and content mm -hmm. is, is a, 
is a big statement in itself. I think it'll be a big statement to yourself. And ultimately, if they see your worth, and I don't even want to say, I, I hate that statement because your worth shouldn't be, um, I don't want to, I don't want to say that this person sees your, if they see your worth, because a lot of people, um, I don't want to say that they can't see your worth. Help me with this, Taylor. Yeah, I hear you. I'm trying to, I'm also trying to like, work, like think of it. Because I know what you're saying. It's not about like, it's because it's regardless of whether they see it or not, it still exists. And I know that's what you're saying yes. too. That like, yes. so um, someone can see that you are everything, period, and still not be engaged with it. So it's really just like, they're, I, the way I guess maybe I would say it is that where they're at just yeah. isn't, isn't aligned with where you're going. Um, and that has nothing to do with your worth or any, or, or theirs. Right. So you're just, you're just in different, you're going in different directions. Exactly. So I, I think that that helps you to reclaim your power back in so many situations. Um, in the relationship, um, in your personal growth, um, in you being able to decide what, you want going forward and I think sometimes even filtering with with your experience of that old relationship being yeah. able to filter through um, basically the BS in mm-hmm. the next relationship that you want to pursue it's a lot of really good shit in what you just said in like 90 seconds and I have a follow up question I said that was my last one but I have to ask you this one too Shoot. What is it? How does someone, how does someone build their confidence? Like, cause one, I, I love like a thousand things you just said. So I'll focus mm-hmm. on one in that, like, okay, being confident in your, in the decision that you're making, being confident in, okay, what I went in with saying that this is what I wanted. This is not what I'm getting. So now I am confident that I can walk away. But then my, so my question is for someone who doesn't have the confidence, where are they, where do they get it? How do you start to build a track record of confidence? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) 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 That's a good one. I think the confidence comes with, you know, I think that it, it, I think that when you are having, when you're trying to figure out is this the confidence decision you know i can walk away confidently you you're weighing your pros and cons okay you um feel okay with the idea of this is worth me losing this relationship you recognizing that you have lost or are losing some of yourself by not making this decision Mm um and you you feeling even though there's that harm oil of that you're going to feel with losing the relationship, but at peace with the idea of your decision. Yeah. I think that that's where you should be able to check off. Like this is a, a, I can walk away confidently knowing that this is the right decision. Um, being able to build the confidence to do it. 
I think ultimately is a hard decision that you're going to have to make based off of loving yourself. And that's all it boils down to. Loving yourself enough. Mm -hmm. Loving yourself enough. Yeah. That really, I mean, that's, yeah, (laughs) that's really it. And it's easier said than done. Like it sounds so easily said, but for sure. Yeah. You're going to, I feel like you, you know, when you're, you're just internally just not happy and it's just, and you're just staying in it just because, and that hit in your stomach is just growing and growing and you're literally losing yourself. Yeah. When you do make that decision, you feel confident that you're giving yourself, you know, that like making those major decisions, you know, that it hurts so bad, Mm -hmm. but it's also like you're taking a piece of yourself back and putting it together again. Like um, making decisions like that hurt so bad that you, it, it hurts so good (laughs) because you know that, Oh my God, I'm going, I'm about to go through heartache and sad days. But at the end of the day, like this hole that was missing, I literally just took it back and filled it with the best thing I know at the end of the day um, is going to make me happy again. So that's basically. That's so good. Man, you should have been my therapist. (laughs) 